Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Earlier this month, at the time of this recording, I saw on Facebook that my buddy Andrew had posted a picture of this guy sitting outside of this gorgeous red camper van with a white top, one of the old Volkswagen style vans. And I'm looking at this picture, and this guy just looks like a friendly, interesting dude. So I read this story, and this is what Andrew said. He said, this is Joe. He's a school teacher and a psychotherapist from the UK. He goes on to say he's not just nomading around in his van. He's a busker, but he doesn't play music. He doesn't juggle. In fact, he's not going to entertain you. What does he do? He's just a lovely guy with a profession and passion for helping people who are maybe going through a hard time. He doesn't believe in doctor's offices or making appointments. You can just walk up to his van and do a one-hour session with him in the van or at the park, and at the end, pay what you think it's worth. Even if there's nothing really wrong, he can do an emotional needs review that helps you get to know yourself a little better. Everyone can use someone to talk to from time to time. And then uh, Andrew goes on to say where he is and that he's just an amazing human being. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm thinking, okay, this guy's a psychotherapist and he's now he's just opening up his van and letting people connect with him and talk to him and pay what they want. I got to talk to this guy. I have to know how he got into this, what his story is, why he's doing this, what it's like connecting with people in that way. And then it brought up a whole bunch of other questions like, you know, we as travelers, when we're out on the road, are we more apt to make deeper connections with people? Tell them maybe secrets we wouldn't share with people at home because we're not going to see them again? Are we just more open to these types of connections that go to another level more quickly than maybe they would at home? I don't know. I needed to find out. I needed to talk to Joe and see what his experience was in this unique form of busking and how it all came about. And you're going to hear the story right now, my friend. So buckle up as we continue four-wheel wandering month here on the Zero to Travel podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so kindly for spending your time with me, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life 
with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. This show is where the rubber meets the road, at least this month, because it is four-wheel wandering month. We're talking to travelers who are exploring on four wheels, sleeping in vehicles, and traveling around, and each one has their own unique story, and hopefully if you've been enjoying this series so far, next week we're going to be talking about camper vanning in New Zealand, so you're not going to want to miss that one if you're new to the podcast. Just be sure you join us and become a member here and subscribe. It's free, and you can get it wherever podcasts are available. We're thrilled to have you as part of this worldwide global caravan, the Zero to Travel community. Thanks for being a part of it, and I'm going to share a story from somebody in this community later in the show after the interview talking about how they were harboring these secret travel dreams and how everything changed for this person when she shared them. You're not going to want to miss this story. Check it out at the end of the show. And before we get into today's interview with the mysterious Joe, I say mysterious because he's not one of these guys who's online. He doesn't have a blog or website. He's not trying to make himself famous on Instagram or whatever. In fact, he doesn't even have a smartphone. We talked about that. He's just out there doing something he loves and offering something in a unique way that can help people and combining that with his love of travel. And I'll tell you another layer to this that I love in just a second. First, I want to quickly thank two people for supporting today's show, Tortuga Backpacks and AeroPress Coffee, two products that I use all the time. So if you're looking for the best backpack out there for any length trip, whether it's three weeks, three months, or three years, you don't want to pay carry-on fees. You don't want to to check your bag every time and have it get destroyed or lost or whatever. Just get the Tortuga Outbreaker. That's the one I would use for any length trip. Couple that with the Tortuga Day Pack and you're set. And if you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, you can get any of their packs there and you enter the promo code TRAVEL, that'll give you 10% off. Just the word TRAVEL, you get 10% off any of the Tortuga backpacks. So you don't need to waste your time figuring out which one to get. Just go to that link, you'll get 10% off and they have a backpack for really any style of travel. So if you're somebody that only travels over the weekends, they have this great new pack called the Set Out Divide, which is perfect for you know weekend trips or shorter trips. If you're somebody that's going to travel long-term and you want to have a minimal bag that's well-constructed, that has strong zippers and great pockets and the perfect amount of water bottle holders and all the different things that I like to have in a backpack. And that also is made out of sailcloth, which is crazy. So it'll keep everything inside dry. Zero to travel.com slash Tortuga. You'll see the bags I recommend and use. And then you can use the promo code travel to get 10% off. And if you do grab anything, you'll also be supporting today's show. So thanks for that. And also want to thank AeroPress Coffee. If you go to aeropressinc.com, A-E-R-O pressinc.com, you're going to find the best coffee maker out there. So you can make delicious cups of coffee at home or on the road. The beautiful thing about this coffee maker is it's small. It's pretty light. It's inexpensive. Right now, it's around 35 bucks. And it makes delicious coffee, most importantly, and easy to travel with, and you can have delicious coffee anywhere. So aeropressinc.com, I seriously use this thing almost every day of my life. And the one thing I keep forgetting to mention about it is that it's crazy easy to clean. It takes about five seconds to clean it. You just pull it out and run it underwater, and it's clean. It's awesome. I hate having to spend a lot of time cleaning up after something, especially something I use every day of my life. You can tell I'm jacked up on coffee right now. 
I am. It's the truth. I confess. I'm a coffee junkie as well as a travel junkie. And my go-to coffee maker is the AeroPress. And if you go to aeropressinc.com, you can check it out and see what it's all about. Last thing I want to add before this interview is the thing that I love about what Joe's doing and how he is able to combine his passion for helping people as a psychotherapist with travel. And I really think one of the beautiful things about the world we live in today is the open possibilities of combining travel with something you love, even if that thing that you love seems like it couldn't be combined with travel. And Joe and I talk about that. If you think about being a psychotherapist or being a therapist or something like that through a traditional lens, you imagine having an office and clients and you're sort of going to be stationary and stuck and you're not going to have the flexibility to just take off and travel around. But when you think differently, and if you're a part of this community, I know you do, and you start to think through the lens of long-term or full-time travel or, or just saying, hey, travel something I'm really passionate about. Okay, let me figure out a way to make this work and to combine a passion that I have with travel is something that Joe's been able to do, maybe something that you're doing right now or that you want to do. And I'm curious if this episode sparks any ideas for you. So you can get in touch with me anytime and let me know your thoughts. Right now, I want you to step on this call with us and enjoy listening into my conversation with Joe. And I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Joe. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? I've, I've calmed down after having that little issue with my computer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you breathing exercises, you know, always does the trick. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did a few breathing exercises before uh, before this chat as well. So, you know, that's a necessary thing sometimes, right? <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. And I, I just started recording because why not? Um, we're going to get to know each other here. So I figured, well, let's just have a conversation. Well, this is one of those things that I think social media is good for, right? Like for all of the things I have this like love hate relationship with social media where there's so many things about it that drive me nuts. But then when you can actually connect with somebody through it, it's a, uh, it's a powerful tool, right? I'm not sure if you feel that the same way about social media it's uh no I, I agree i've got very mixed feelings about it but um i'm glad we've got it ultimately you know, yeah it makes this kind of possible like you've said you know opens up a lot of kind of doorways and different worlds really doesn't it right yeah we never would have had the chance to connect if it was i mean unless we had connected on the street like you did with uh my friend andrew our mutual friend here who um who snapped your photo and, and sort of told a bit of your story. And as soon as I saw it, I said, I got I to gotta talk to this guy, Joe. I got to see what he's up to because this is, a, this is a different style of busking that I've ever heard of. And this is just a different way of traveling in the sense that I haven't met anybody who has offered their expertise up in this way before. And I want to get into that. Yeah, I just wanted to hear about 
where you grew up because I have no, I know you're from the UK, but I have no idea anything about you besides that you're from the UK and you're living in a van right now. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm um, from the southwest of England, uh, a place called Taunton in Somerset. Spent a lot of my life there, but I've, I've lived in various places. Um, but I'm currently back there. It's like my, my uh, base camp, if you like, I like to call it. But yeah, currently on my travels, I've, I've been in the van for five months now and just been having a good time, meeting a lot of people. And this, this idea has been developing in my mind for some time and just got to the point where I thought I'm going to give it a try. The, you mean the whole van, living in the van and traveling around thing? Uh, uh, the va- living in the camper van has been a, a long-term thing. I've had it for many years. Um, I also live on wheels at home. I live in a caravan or a trailer. Um, so it's a lifestyle that I adopted about 17 years ago. So it's, it's a very sort of normal, natural way of living for me on wheels. I like the, I like the lifestyle and the outdoors. Um, so traveling in my van is just an extension of, of my life, really. It's just something I like to do. And, you know, sometimes we need a bit of a change in life. We need a bit of adventure and and, uh, we need to go out and see what else is going on in the world. So that was the idea behind this trip, just to have a a positive experience and see what happens. Well, when you said 17 years ago, you chose this lifestyle, what, what do you mean by that? Was that a very intentional decision 17 years ago? Did something happen where you were thinking, okay... I'm going to do this shift because I'm wondering where you were before that point and was there a particular thing that happened that caused you to, you know, rethink the way you were going to live and, and then ultimately make those changes? Yeah, it might have had something to do with turning 30. Okay. <laughs> I, so in my, own, in my own experience, that kind of, that around that age, I think a lot of us start to question things in our lives. For a lot of people, it's a lot earlier, and for some people, it's a lot later. But for me, it was around about 30. I'd been a school teacher for six or seven years. I'd kind of done everything I should have done, went to college and got my degree, and then got a, a good job as a school teacher. And you know, that, that was fine. And I was in a relationship at the time. But I was finding life quite difficult in some ways, a bit of a struggle. I just got to a point where. I realized I needed to be truthful with myself about how I was feeling about life and that maybe certain things weren't working for me and the possibility of change. Um, So I did, I changed things. I I sort of, and this is the time I bought my van, funnily enough. So I purchased the van at 2001, about this time, and uh, I started getting a few ideas about how could I do things differently and in a way that you know, is meaningful and purposeful to me? Um, so I, I took plunge, I resigned from my job. My girlfriend and I separated and I just decided to try something else. So I lived, I lived in the van at that point full time, gave, gave myself some thinking time, carried on with a bit of teaching, part time teaching. To, to pay the bills and you know carry on and uh, then then the whole sort of lifestyle developed from there really because I was enjoying it so much 
I had some more time and uh, I then thought, okay, let's, let's look into the caravan thing. It was all about simplifying. I needed to simplify things. Uh, I think I'm quite a natural minimalist, so simplifying was quite easy for me, um, which meant I didn't have to earn so much money to pay mortgages and rent and bills. Um, and moving into the caravan just was part of that simplification process, living in the countryside and being able to choose to do things that I found, uh, well, kind of first of all, relaxing, but then that time that it provided allowed me to kind of take a step back and think about what I was doing and what I wanted to do. And that's where it all began. And that was back in 2002, 2001, 2002. And, and it's been a, it's been a, a slow evolving process from then, you know, and that, that, that's kind of it. And I mean, it's, I've had lots of adventures since, you know, but we could be here for a long time if I start <laughs> talking about that. No, and of course, this is all before this whole hashtag van life and it was this trendy thing to live in a van, right? I mean, you're just, this is just something that made sense to you to try out. And it sounds like part of that was also just, I think being in a van and, and it was something that I had wanted to do around that time. I actually thought I bought a van, but I didn't. The guy ended up taking the money, but I got it back eventually, but that's a whole other story. But for me, it was that that idea of not only the minimalism and continuing on with that and having that stripped down life to make things easier, like you said, but also you're, you're in the out, you know, even if you're in a van, you're kind of right in the outdoors all the time, right? There's not much separation between you and nature in the outdoors. And I think that sounds like you mentioned that, that being a big part of it, just, just being outside, you know, it is interesting that, you know, we hit those benchmarks and then we start, reassessing our lives for some for some reason those are the catalyst for this reassessment but when you made all those changes how long did that whole process take bought the van the relationship ended you quit your job was that over a period of a year or just a couple months or were you were you really aggressive with it where you're like hey i'm gonna make some changes and i'm gonna do it now because usually it's like one way or the other right it's this sort of gradual thing or some people some people just go within a week and it's just everything's different. What was that for you? It's a long time ago to remember now, to be honest, but I think it took some time because there were some practicalities to, to sort out. You know, my partner and I at the time were sharing a mortgage and so all the practicalities had to be sorted as well as the emotional side of it, you know. It took some time. Once I kind of decided I needed to make the change, you know, it, I guess it was over a period of months um, but it's just remembering it such a long time ago, it was just something I couldn't deny. You know, I think I got to, I got to the point which perhaps a lot of people would identify with, where something inside me knew that what I was doing wasn't working. It had worked to a degree, but it wasn't. You know, I remember at the time saying, "I feel like I've been climbing this kind of steep hill." in my life to get to this place where I'm going to get to the top and look at the view and, you know, I've, I've achieved this, all these things that I've been taught that I should be achieving, but I never felt I kind of got there. I thought, oh, hold on a minute, this is, this is not quite what I expected. This is the struggle you mentioned before. You said there was a bit of a struggle there and it was this internal struggle? Is this kind of... It was, it was quite a deep struggle, to be honest, um, and it was all around work and relationships and um, 
you know, what society expects us to do. And it just it wasn't, although I was doing everything and there were good aspects to it, you know, I enjoyed my job to a degree, although it was quite stressful. And the relationship, you know, like most relationships, there are positives and negatives and things that you struggle with. But it just got to that tipping point for me where I thought, you know, I need to do something about it. And I, I was unhappy. You know, I, I, I acknowledged my unhappiness. I wasn't prepared to pretend that I was happy when I wasn't. And I think nowadays I've heard the expression, the red pill, you know, people take the red pill and, and the truth starts to seep through and you see things as they are. I was really searching for some answers. And at the same time, I was wondering if I was going a little bit insane. At the time, I thought, am I the only person that's feeling this? Am I the only one that's kind of having these experiences? Over the years, I've clearly found that, no, there's many, many people that feel in similar ways to this. Um, so, yeah, that was the beginning of my journey to find a way of life that felt right for me. On, on the topic of seeing that there are other people out there and, and understanding, hey, there are other people out there that have these internal questions and struggles as well. I think it's a lot easier now, personally, when you have the internet and you can see, okay, there are other people talking about these things. Oh, you can go on a million websites now and see why people have moved into vans and things like that. But I, I identify with what you're saying because I was nomadic for a long time and, and it was during those times pre-social media and all that where I just wondered, am I... Am I crazy? Because I don't know anybody doing this. And growing up in sort of a traditional setting in the suburbs in the States, I didn't really feel like almost like I didn't have permission to live in this different way. You know, for a while I had to give myself permission and work up to that. Once you made the leap and started living in the van, were you just embracing the lifestyle fully and, you know, that that feeling of release, like, oh, I no longer have to pretend. I'm happy this feels right, but then was was there also some doubt too along the way? I think what I realized straight away was I, I'd made the right decision for myself at the time. It was the beginning of um, kind of being honest with myself um, about what was working and what wasn't working. But, you know, it took a number of years to feel comfortable with it completely. You know, I felt I felt a bit bit odd a bit different because no one else I knew was doing it and there was no social media I couldn't sort of look around the world and say yeah I'm just part of this big group I did feel I felt a little bit isolated I, I, I was still questioning my sanity to a degree because we're, we're, we're all very conditioned to, to live life in a certain way and when when you're you know a deep part of your soul realizes that it doesn't work for you, you the natural question is to, to ask is there something wrong with me um, and you know I had to take some time and I was reading and I was thinking and I, I met another woman who shared my ideals and uh, you know so I had someone that I could talk to intimately about it um, but I also still had one foot in conventional life I was still a teacher I was still you know doing, just doing regular things but I was just living in a slightly unconventional way. And then over time, it grew and it grew. As my confidence grew and my, my sanity solidified again, if you like, if that's possible, I don't know. But um, I, just, I just started to realize, yeah, this is okay. I, I'm okay. You know, yeah, I, I might be doing things a bit differently, but I'm not 
you know, I'm not some weirdo that's doing anything wrong or upsetting anybody else. And damn it, it started to settle with me. But it was a process of years, not months, you know. And, I, and then I've had periods of time where I've lived back in a house and full-time teaching again and, you know. So I've sort of been in and out of it a little bit, but I've always known that this lifestyle is the right one, ultimately, which is why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back now doing it uh, wholeheartedly again. And where have you been traveling when you when you first started? I mean, was were you just around Europe? I know that's a big question over many years of travel, but I'm just curious what types of experiences, and we can get into stories and, and things like that later, but just an overview of some of the places you've been and some places you've spent time. Okay, so it started off, my traveling in the van was very local. It wasn't about traveling far away or, you know, to amazingly exotic places. It was just about having the, the freedom and the choice to just get in it and go. So, you know, sometimes I would just go to the coast 30 miles away. Um, I did a couple of, well, the first trip I did, I went up to Scotland from, from the south up to Scotland for a few weeks on my own. Um, that's when I first got the van. I've traveled around Western Europe a couple of times. And this time, it's Western Europe again, Portugal, Spain, France, and now in Germany. So, you know, I haven't been to the other side of the world or anything, but um, it's funny because I was thinking about this. And it, it's not about distance in a way, it's just about freedom of choice. Just that, that sense of independence and freedom I get when I turn the key and think, okay, where shall I go? Yeah, you know, I've seen some wonderful countries and met some wonderful people, um, and all that you know, whether whether I'm travelling down the road or, you know, I've camped in my hometown in a supermarket car park a number of times, <laughs> that kind of stuff, urban and boondocking and all that. So, I, so I've done all the different types, um, and they're all they've all been valuable experiences because they've all all been about the same sort of common theme which is free freedom and um, individuality and you know, there's a lot of creativity involved in well I as well I haven't realized it always but I've come to realize that actually those of us who choose to, to take a decision like this and do things differently it's actually a very creative it's a creative pursuit because you have to make it work and, and no one teaches you how to live in a van or to, you know, do it long term. So you, you create ways of making it work that are individual to you. And I like that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I love that. It's like your life can be an art project and you're, you're just being creative with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're actually your own teacher because by solving problems along the way, you're finding out what you, you're capable of. You're finding, you know, you have ideas that come from nowhere. And uh, you think, well, how did I know that? And, and that's another question. And particularly on this trip I'm on at the moment, it's just been incredible. Uh, it's been a very, it's been another lesson, even if I'm 47 now, um, but I'm still learning so much about myself. I'm learning so much about other people. And you know, it's just been amazing. Particularly here in Berlin, the response to, to what I'm doing at the moment. It's been so positive and warm, you know. Um, and I was actually a little bit afraid of doing it, if I'm honest. I was, I was concerned that whether it would be sort of laughed at or 
considered in some negative way. I, I just, but that's more to do with me than anybody else. That's that's about my perception of what I'm doing. So well, let's you know, yeah, let's get into it. Explain what you are doing because this is totally <laughs> unique. Well, I might do it, yeah. well, I guess it, again, this is like where things have evolved naturally and organically because. As you know, I, I'm, I'm keen on my, my camping and my traveling, that freedom of it. And uh, after I left teaching, when was it, 2012, I left teaching and I, I knew that I wanted to get involved in psychology and, and therapy. Because part of my, well, a large part of my teaching career had been supporting children with emotional difficulties. So it was a, a natural progression and it's always been an interest and a passion. So I, when I left teaching, I retrained and uh, took me four years part-time to qualify as a human-given therapist. And then about a year and a half ago, I, I was again in a situation in life where things were a bit stagnant and I was questioning what I was going to do next. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to get in my van and go because that usually really helps. So um, I always had this idea in the back of my mind how can I be a therapist? How can I connect with people? And the idea of sitting in a, an office with a couple of chairs and a big appointment book, um, you know, I just feel that kind of separates me from people. And I think particularly therapists of any shape or size or description, we need to be available to people. Um, and usually people who really need some support of some kind aren't in a position to wait or you know who has much money to spare these days um so i just was thinking about this i I wonder if i can combine the two there's got to be a way obviously usually therapy is fairly medium to long-term process it doesn't have to be but sometimes it needs to be and i thought well i can't just offer bulk standard therapy so what can i offer so then Again, over time, I was just just thinking, and this is where this whole sort of creative process comes in. I, and when you've got time and space, the mind is able to work on it, you know. And uh, I just came up with this idea of offering something therapy light, if you want to call it, you know, zero sugar therapy. It was it's like um, ultimately all it is is people want to be listened to and have an opportunity to express themselves. So I thought, well, I can offer that people can sit in the van with me or we can sit outside or wherever they choose and I can just listen um, I can I can talk to them um, and I can be led by them you know I can I can give them the opportunity to just approach approach me and, and give it a try you know but very little expectation you know they're not walking into a, an office with this sort of, you know, expectation of what should happen. So I felt it was just um, reducing the barriers that can exist. Because when you're when you're having a difficult time, you know, you want as few barriers as possible because you've got enough in your life already, and people just need an opportunity to express themselves. So that that was it really. I thought, okay, I've, I, I can offer something. I've just got to explain it. So I wrote up my signs explaining what I was offering. And I sat there and, and it was very soon after putting my signs outside the van for the first time that I had a little tap on the door. Well, tell me about the first time. I mean, 
where was it and how did you feel the first time? Because there's the idea and then there's when the idea comes to life. And, you know, it's one thing when you're laying in your van or in your bed at night thinking, hey, this I could combine these things. This this could be really cool. And then you're out there physically putting out a sign being like, okay, here we go. And that maybe that nervousness or I'm not quite sure how you were feeling. How were you feeling? Where was it? Uh, just describe that day for us a little bit. Okay. So we're only talking two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, actually, no, that, that's not strictly true, actually. When I was down in, in Portugal, I just briefly explained, I was on the south coast of Portugal in the Algarve having a very nice time and I met some fellow travellers, two women from the Netherlands, Miriam and, um, oh, I've got no, she'll kill me. But anyway, two lovely women and I got talking to them we were sharing our stories and I explained what I was thinking of doing. And they, they said, oh, you know, it sounds like a good idea. And they said, well, would you, you know, would you allow us to have a, could you give us a, a free session each? And I said, yeah, sure. I said, that's brilliant. And I said, and you can, you can give me some honest feedback. So anyway, that happened. They each had a couple of sessions and they enjoyed it and they gave me some constructive feedback. So that gave me a bit of confidence. I thought, okay, this could work. Um, that was back in May, so then I sort of left it for a while and thought about it and chewed on it. Zoom forward a couple of months, I end up in Berlin and I'm thinking about it a lot. And I arrive at the Tempelhof itself, the big, the old main airport, which is now a huge park. So there's a lot of people around, there's a lot of activity, it's got a very sort of relaxed, free um, vibe to it. And I, I'm lucky. I turn up and there's a parking space very close to the, the, one of the main entrances, not, but not too intrusive, sort of tucked to one side. So I park my van and I'm there for maybe three or four days, thinking, okay, let's you know, let's give this a try. Um, I was feeling nervous. You know, I didn't know what the reaction was going to be, so I just had a quiet word with myself, which was, you know, you don't know till you find out, kind of thing. Uh, and um, wrote up my sign. I'd written a few signs before and then not done it, but I thought, okay, this is it. let's write the signs. So I found some old pizza boxes that were in the trash bin and um, nice pristine white cardboard, wrote up my signs, put them outside and, and waited. And within half an hour, I had this, I was inside having a cup of tea sort of, a little sort of the door was open but I wasn't outside you know shaking hands with people or anything I was just sort of yeah you were being chill about it you were giving people space to come up and yeah yeah didn't want to be too too forward so anyway got the tap on the door and I look out of the door I poke my head around the door and there's a a youngish couple around about 30 funnily enough and um the look the look on their faces said everything you know there was clearly something quite seriously troubling them and they said oh you know are you available <laughs> is it maybe the, look- maybe the guy in the van has the answer to our questions wow, right? they, they saw the sign and, and they but this is it they were walking by they saw me by chance they were in a bit of a crisis situation and um you know that they it was a clear example of how the need was there you know they needed something something of some description just to, to help help them and so we we decided to go into the temple of the we found a quiet spot and we sat down and we started talking and 
Um, and then for the, I saw each of them, I saw them together for one session and I saw each of them separately for a session. Um, and then we met up again after they had a little break together a couple of days ago. And there's been a few other people as well, but that was the first people that came along within half an hour. And um, yeah, it was, it was incredible and, and you know, serendipity, it just happened. If I had decided to do it half an hour later, they would have not seen it, perhaps. So, you, you know, I think this, and this is something I'm learning, you know, you just have to try things. Can you give us the gist of the sign just so people can understand how the, the format is of what you're, we could call it busking in a way because, you know, that's what people are doing. I mean, they're, when you're thinking of uh, somebody busking, you traditionally think of a magician or an entertainer or somebody playing the guitar and they have the hat out and, you know, they're trying to some, earn some money for their travels. This is a whole different style of busking, I would say, and, and very creative and I, I just so we have a little more context of the sign, like the, your most recent sign, what does it say? Yeah. So I had to think carefully about what I was going to put on the sign because it had to provide just enough information so that people could understand what I was offering. Um, but I also had to do it in a way that I um, hopefully was perceived as, um, you know, relaxed and welcoming. Yeah. Like a, you had to put a good intention out there to sort of attract the right people, yeah. right? Yeah. So basically all it said was, uh, I mean, it was like, hello, how are you? I hope, I hope your life is going well. Um, this is all from memory. And then I just put, um, I, I just summed it up in a nutshell. I said, you know, sometimes life is difficult and life can become unbalanced for various reasons. Basically, I, if, if you're interested in looking at anything, then I'm, I'm, I'm here to offer my, my help. I mean, that's, that's the gist of it um, it was just um, yeah just a, an open door kind of sign saying here I am if you'd like to talk I'm here I, I also explained a specific um, thing that I offer which is called an emotional needs review so and that's something that anyone can do at any time in their lives you don't have to you know, have a some kind of problem or it's just about taking a sort of overview of your life and how your emotional needs are being met or not met in balance and it's about looking at how you can utilize your natural resources as a human being your natural abilities to perhaps create some more balance in how your emotional needs are being met and that can be done in half an hour to an hour depending on how far people want to explore but but I, I, that was kind of my product, if you like. I thought I need to offer something that anyone can do at any time in their life. It can be done in a relatively short space of time. Um, but then usually when you get talking to people, they start to fairly quickly talk about something that might be troubling them. So then you can, you know, you can, you can guide the conversation towards that if they're happy to and, and, and sort of do, deal with whatever issue it might be so yeah it was about offering a, a product inverted commas with the option of them opening up and taking it somewhere else if they wanted to it's just free but then they can pay what they want typical busking style i guess uh, afterwards how many people have you met with approximately so far over the last couple of weeks well 
uh, quite a lot actually. The majority of people I've spoken to have just been walking by and they've read the sign and they've been intrigued and interested. So, you know, they ask a bit about it and we get talking. And all kind of, I've had all sorts of conversations and everybody, you know, each person had their own individual story to tell, if you like. Um, in terms of actual therapy, I've had... Well, it's interesting because a couple of the... I had the, the young couple that arrived very quickly and I've had one young guy that's come back and he's in a, a difficult situation in his relationship. But the other conversations I had, when I think back, they all sort of started to move towards a particular area of the person's life. You know, it wasn't, we weren't just sort of chewing the cud. It the, the conversations naturally progressed towards an area where I was aware they were starting to talk about something that was important to them, um, perhaps troubling them. So it was very, and I like that because it was natural, it was a natural conversation. You know, we didn't sit down in a chair in front of each other and say, you know, okay, so what should we talk about today? It was, <laughs> right. It's, yeah, it's, there's a, a, an to it as well. Yeah, uh, this is the genius of, about this, I think, because like what you mentioned before, well, the office environment didn't feel right to you, and you mentioned some of those struggles that people might have when it comes to therapy. First of all, they have to admit they want to find a therapist, then they have to find you, then they have to book a time with you, and then they would have to go to your office if you were in a more traditional setting. Whereas here, you're just removing all those barriers and you have all of this traffic, foot traffic coming by and people know, you know, they're going to have some ideas about, okay, this is the type of person that would travel and sleep in a van. That's a person that I resonate with. So I think that creates more organic conversations right away because they already know, hey, this is somebody who's doing things a little bit different. I'm maybe I'm like that or I'm open to a person like that. Another thing I'm curious about is because I've found traveling around, I feel like quite often, especially if you're just passing through town, there's something about the traveler that can make people be more willing to open up to you. Maybe it's because you're passing through and you won't see them again (laughs) and they know, hey, they're not going to run into you at the supermarket or whatever. So you're not, you're not going to be able to judge them later on or whatever the case is. I have found people have really opened up to me and said, told me some surprising things and just sort of regular interactions and conversations when I, cause I used to work in events and, and I'd be in different cities every week and sometimes every day. And we would be talking to the general public. So just to give you a quick background there. And I would just be so surprised at what people would tell me in such a short amount of time. Do you think, that the travel aspect of this and this sort of safe space you set up, but also the fact that you're you're this sort of unassuming kind of passing through town person works to your advantage when it comes to therapy because of those reasons. And, and that's just my intuition, but I want to hear your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I, no, I think, yeah, you're definitely onto something there. Um, I think it's primarily being there, being available is important, but also... Because I, I guess there's the novelty. One guy was reading the signs and um, I struck up a conversation and turned out to be a ph- uh, philosophy lecturer. And I thought, well, this could be interesting. And I just said, so what, what do you think about it? What do you think about this? He went, oh, I think it's very odd. 
I was like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. I said, could you, you know, could you explain what you mean by that? Um, you know, I was a bit concerned. <laughs> and um, he just, he just said, no, I like it. I like it's the oddness that I like, the unusualness. So, you know, I think that attracted his attention, and I think it does attract people's attention that the whole idea of a therapist and therapy and a, then you know this 30 year old camper van don't quite go together so it takes a little bit of i think it takes a little bit of thinking about it, it challenges people and i think if, if people have to start thinking if things aren't presented in their usual way and it challenges people it's almost um i mean that's that can be quite therapeutic in itself because it's challenging our expectation and it's challenging our existing knowledge or perception so we have to think about it we have to re reprocess it and, and make sense of it in a new way uh, and then we create some kind of new information for ourselves and, and then we kind of decide whether we think we like it or not um, but most people the thing that's come out is that they like it they like the what I'm doing and they like I think they just like the fact that it, it's there I guess a lot of a lot of people like the band, you know, the band's nice to look at and they like to poke their head inside. So it all sort of it all works together. It all yeah. helps. It's a holistic yeah. approach for the right match of people, right? Yeah. And it's it, it's really fascinating and I, I wanna ask you a question that I think will be helpful to anybody in life, whether they're traveling or otherwise. How do you create a safe space or a safe container where you can get people to open up to you in, in a short amount of time. And I don't, I'm not asking that question in a manipulative way to manipulate people. I'm just asking it in, in a way to, I mean, I think this can be really helpful for anything when it comes to just meeting other travelers or just connecting with people in a more real way as, as more and more people are just like staring into their phones. Like how can we make these deeper connections in in these short times while we're traveling and you're in this unique position where you're, you're interacting with all these different types of people day in and day out and you're getting them to open up to you. I'm sure there are some barriers you have to overcome when somebody comes in and they're nervous and they're like, okay, what am I doing? I'm talking to this guy in this van. Like, is this going to be a thing that helps me really? Or, you know, there might be all these questions. So what is your advice to create that safe container and, and to just get people to open up and, and make deeper connections? You know, everybody's different, so they they approach it in a different way. They have different expectations in their mind. You know, I think the best way I can describe it is just being a human being about it. You know, not being a therapist about it. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm I have any kind of special power above anyone else because I'm this therapist. I think, and because I've had difficult times in my life and I remember them, I. I've always there have been times I've needed a human being to, that's going to listen to me or talk with me. So um, I, I try and help them as much as I can to perceive me as someone that they can approach and be relaxed with. So creating a sense of relaxation, creating a sense of, um, you know, I'm just this guy that's willing to listen and have a chat. Um, and it's also about particularly if they are experiencing some kind of distress, that they feel they have choice and control over the situation. So if they want to sit down outside, they sit down outside. If they want to step in the van, that's fine. If they want to go to the park, 
um, you know, that, that, that can be their choice and I'm happy to go wherever they feel most comfortable. Um, and then it's, it's also about that thing that sometimes we all do when we're having conversations is we're perhaps thinking a little bit more about what we want to say or, you know, do you, do you know what I mean? Sometimes we have conversations where are we listening well enough? Are we really listening to that person? Not just listening to the words, but listening to the way they're being said. And, you know, what's the emotion behind it, the words? And, you know, we, we all do it naturally as human beings. We, we, we pick up on body language and intonation and the way words are said, not just the words themselves. But and I think being sensitive to that, you build up a your empathy skills and that sounds very you know we all have empathy and I think it's about getting in touch with um, understanding how someone else is feeling maybe and you just do your best to be the other piece in that puzzle that fits together you know so if, if I get a very nervous quiet person talking to me then I have to reflect that, but I kind of feel a natural, you know, that's how I want to be naturally when I'm with someone quiet and maybe a bit nervous, it makes me quieter and calmer. So it's about rapport, building rapport, making the other person feel welcome and comfortable. And, you know, it's it's a genuine offer and they to genuinely listen to yeah, you know, each each situation is different. Each person is unique, and that's I think that's something about good therapy, really, and, and good communication. Everybody's different. I feel I'm, I'm I'm trying to keep away from what I would say as a therapist, but, you know, because it's about responding, responding to the person that's in front of you, that's with you. You have to gauge gauge where they are and sense where they are and feel where they are and then you naturally respond in a, in a way that hopefully they're, they're comfortable with. Is that a challenge for you? you? You just said trying not to think about this as a therapist and do you have to put on your therapist hat and, and take it off and how do you deal with that? <laughs> Over time it becomes more natural. It's starting to feel like it's part of my DNA more now, you know, I feel like I've learned a few things as a therapist, um, you know, I've learned a lot of things as a therapist, you know, I was trained by some very skilled people and I can only do what I do because of the people that have come before me and I've learned from them, but I also, I'm very aware when I'm, I try to be aware when I'm talking that I still have to be myself, you know, I can't just be this I can't just be a therapist. I have to. I have to put myself in. You know, I have to be authentic. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's really tough because sometimes people present things to you that you find very challenging, and that's when the therapist on my shoulder has a quiet word in my ear and, and says, "Okay, you know, this, what that person's just told you is making you feel uncomfortable. So just be aware of that. Be careful with it." And, you know, carry on being the person that this person wants you know, needs you to be. You know, so there are definite challenges to it, but as time goes on, I think they're becoming more and more sort of, as you say, it's a holistic approach. And hopefully, 
who I am comes through, you know, as well as being a therapist. How often are you doing this right now? How many hours a day or days a week? It's all a bit hit and miss at the moment because I'm kind of, I'm still here as a, as a, a traveler and I'm still exploring the area. I've, I've sort of, over the past couple of weeks, I've picked up on the, the rhythms of the day here and, you know, what happens and when it happens. So I tend to make sure I'm at the van. It's either very early in the morning for an hour or two, or sort of late afternoon and into the evening when when people are strolling by. It's also a good time for me. I think it's when I'm at my best, first thing in the morning and then later on, later on in the evening. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a definite rhythm here, and it's about fitting into that rhythm. Does having that purpose each day while you travel enhance the travel experience for you in in some ways and in what ways if that's the case yeah it does absolutely i'm because put simply i just i i really love it i i've always had a natural fascination you know in in what it is to be a human being and the struggles we all have um, and the joys we all have as well so it's yeah it's really enhanced the whole experience for me in, in a way, I wish I'd got that sign out a little bit earlier. <laughs> but my language, my my language skills aren't very good. So unless people speak English, I'm in trouble. I've still got the time to go and do anything that I want to do. But I just really enjoy, even if I'm sitting outside the van with the signs and people are just walking by, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy just doing that. And but I love it when someone stops. Some people just stop and read the sign and move on. Some people, it's funny, they walk by and they look at the sign and they try and read it as they're walking but they can't quite do it so they don't want to stop so they carry on you know and then other people go forward and come back <laughs> one woman nearly fell off her bike as she saw the sign and wanted she couldn't stop looking up she, she nearly went into a tree because she was looking so yeah you know I, I can do everything i want to do and this adds just just adds to it any idea how long you plan on on doing this in Berlin? Uh, just in general. Um, well, you know, it's, it's... It's also new, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's new. I'm, I'm kind of just trying to get my head around it because yesterday a group of four um, young people came along. It's, it's funny because the day, the night before, I was walking around the temple off the field and I realized, oh, I need, I need a bigger table to put my sign on and maybe somewhere I can... I, I use these picture cards to help clarify this uh, emotional needs review and I thought I need a new I need a new table and maybe a second chair and, and then I was walking around the Templehof field and I was going to pick up another pizza box for a new sign and I opened this bin and inside there's this foldable table and chairs on the top on the top and I pulled that out and I thought oh, I bet it's going to be broken and useless so I pulled it out put it on the field and it was perfect so again I thought oh my gosh is this really happening so I took it out, gave it a clean, and I used it. And yesterday, a group of four people came along, and they saw the table and what I was doing, and they just sat down for an hour. And we had a meal together, and they chatted to me. Um, so I forgot my original question was, oh, well, am I, am I going to carry on doing it? Yeah, so, you know, I can't... So I suppose my point with that is, so many good things are happening here, so much positive... Um, stuff is coming from it, but at this moment, I don't feel it's a choice. I just, 
I naturally want, want, to, I want to carry on, you know, because if, if I can be of some help, but I'm also, you know, it's providing myself with uh, enjoyment and fulfillment, then I think I'd be crazy to stop. And it, you know, who knows where it might go in terms of, you know, it's not about scale or earning loads of money or anything like that, but you know, if it could be developed into something which is perhaps a bit more effective in some ways, then yeah. Uh, I got the chills when he told me that table story. I really did. They went up and down my spine and my arms <laughs> because uh, experience. And um, that, I mean, that's when you start to ask slightly bigger questions about what what's happening. Because I've had this, I've had this feeling. The only way that I can explain it is that something is happening, but I'm not quite sure what. Um, and it's, new, it's a new experience for me, and I'm just kind of going with it because something is happening. I don't need to necessarily understand it. I just need to um, go with it. You know? you know, when you told that story, it just, I just immediately thought, well, yeah, like kind of echoing what you said, you're supposed to be doing this for whatever reason right now, because those things, I don't see those things as random coincidences and, oh, you just, you need a table and chairs and you happen to find one that's in perfect condition right there. Like that's just, something's telling you to, hey, keep, keep rolling with this. I had that immediate feeling when um, when I saw going back to the post and how we ended up in this conversation in the first place, because I don't often do this. I've never really immediately just asked for an introduction to somebody like this right away and, and just some random thing I saw. But I just had this immediate feeling like I, I got to talk to Joe. I got to talk to this guy and, and, and we got to share this story because I think um, it's going to be inspiring and, and also helpful to a lot of people. Just a couple more questions I have for you, because uh, you mentioned earlier tuning into a deep part of your soul to, you know, kind of figuring out what's next. And when you're in this type of, I, I guess you could call it a groove where, where things are just sort of happening. And, and as you're describing, you're saying, well, I don't, I don't really know what's happening. I'm just kind of going along with this and seeing where it takes me. How do you, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. How do I better tune into my intuition so I don't let my rational thinking mind, not that you can't use that as a tool to complement what your intuition is telling you to do, but how do I use that as a complementary tool as opposed to, you know, listening to it and not getting in tuned with, with what maybe I should be doing. And it sounds like you've had a lot of personal experiences and also with all the conversations you've had and helping people make changes in their lives or just become aware of maybe certain things or behaviors or whatever the case is. What is your advice for people to get more in touch with their intuition so they can get into that flow where things feel like they're going in the direction they're supposed to be going, whatever that means? Because um, it is important. You, know, you mentioned the rational mind. And, you know, that's a, that is a key resource that us humans have is the rational mind. So it's, a, it's about self-awareness, um, something which within therapy we call the observing self. So it's that, it's that ability to step back from yourself and observe yourself and go, okay, what's happening here? You know, this, this, this situation is challenging me. You know, at the moment I'm reacting, you know, I'm feeling stressed and I'm, I'm imagining a bad outcome from this. And hold on a minute. Just, so just, just take a moment and step back. And first of all, become aware of where you are engaging with the situation. Now, that's okay with the rational side of things. You can you can rethink and reanalyze and 
make a plan. But what you're talking about is something that isn't so isn't so conscious. You know, it's I don't know what you call it, intuition, gut feeling. Um, there's all sorts of ways of describing it. But I get, I don't know. I, I think it's about trusting the way you feel about something and being honest with yourself. The young, the young man that I talked to yesterday comes to mind because he was in a situation where, in a relationship, he was in a in a bit of a corner and was expected to make a decision. And he was, I think, his heart and his mind. Maybe that's one way of describing it. His heart and his mind were having a battle about what to do, what decision should I? I've got to make a decision. It's either A or B, you know, and it's got to be a right decision. And I've got to make the right decision. So all this pressure was on him. And he was in a bit of a, a state about it, and you could see it was really weighing heavy. So I, in that situation, I, I encouraged him, you know, to, to okay, you've perhaps got to go a bit deeper down here and be honest with yourself about how you really feel about the situation and, and getting get in touch with that side of you. And it's about, you can only do that when you're relaxed, relaxed in a natural way. You know, we can all perhaps have a beer or two in that feels relaxed but you know there's different ways of being relaxed um so choose a way that you know is um conducive to getting in touch with that part of you being relaxed and, and giving it time as well it's not like we can just get into this kind of place within ourselves very quickly i mean some people can but i think you know when you're there and, and that's great practical advice too to just what you said about finding this healthy relaxation and and then exploring from there which is something we can we can all do where we can at least put ourselves into a, that state and and kind of explore those questions be kind to yourself as well it's some a lot of people are very very hard on themselves and um you know that causes a lot of sort of inattention and i think you have to forgive yourself and be accepting of yourself if, you know alert, learn to head that way and to realize that we're all struggling to do our best. Sometimes we don't get anywhere near it, but at least we're all trying. So that can bring a sense of peace if you accept that, you know, you don't have all the answers, you are gonna make mistakes. And try and find some peacefulness around that as well. It, it, it calms you down and then opens up this, this space where you can perhaps look at things in a, in a creative, intuitive way yeah yeah i think it can get really hard too when you do that gut check and and you're talking about trusting and being honest with yourself and that what the deep part of you is telling you to do the rational mind might think is is a scary thing to do for example going and, and leaving your career and and breaking up with your relationship or whatever sometimes it's you're also not only fighting against yourself but also the the external pressures, whether it's parents or society or whatever, you might know, but it can be hard to listen to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all t- you, you hit it on the head again with fear, you know. Fear prevents us from doing a lot of things, you know, the woods and the shoulds, and you know, what would you do? Oh, what should I do? Um, yeah, but what would you do? And we all get, we all can become fearful. We're, we're afraid of making difficult decisions because it involves pain whether it's the end of a relationship or you know letting letting something go in your life i think the pain you know that that part of your rational mind that says oh yeah that's going to be really really painful that's so it's not the right decision you know actually 
a lot of the time the right decisions are the most painful ones and you've got to yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice to say, okay, I have to, I have to deal with this, and I have to walk through it and, and get to the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Just because it's painful doesn't, or going to be difficult, doesn't mean it's not right. It just means it's maybe it's more right in some cases. I guess it's just sometimes easier to do the easy thing, but you have to do the right thing, right? Actually, we, we all try and take the, you know, the, the easy path. It's going to, well, we kind of convince ourselves it's, it's going to take us to the right place, but. Usually, again, if you get in touch with the deep part of you, which really knows, you know, you know that sometimes you just have to go the hard way. Yeah. Mm. And I should mention, you mentioned it earlier quickly, but the style of therapy you practice is human givens. It's called human givens. It's a holistic approach. So it's it's not just dealing with what's going on in the mind. It, it looks at a, a person's whole life, you know, from kind of physical health, um, social relationships and, um, individual psychology it's a real a real holistic combination so because usually we look for the solution to a problem in totally the wrong place you know it could be something very simple that needs that needs balancing rather than deep analytical analysis you know, psychological analysis we don't always need that and it can make things worse sometimes we just need some adjustments in the way we live or Understanding where our life isn't providing us with the nourishment we need, you know, there could be things missing that we can work out quite easily. Yeah. One other interesting aspect to this is that, you know, in a way, you're a limited resource, right? You're only going to be in town for a certain amount of time, which I think, again, might work to your advantage in terms of getting, uh, we can call them clients or whatever you want to call the people that are coming to see you getting them results because, hey, it's like, hey, we only got this guy for a certain amount of time and, and let's put some parameters around this and, and make this decision. Whereas if you were in an office or in a traditional setting, it's like, well, he'll be there next week. We'll just go and talk to him further. And it almost, I I think when you put some time constraints on things and, and it forces decision, that can definitely help expediate the process with anything, whether it's a project or perhaps even self-development and making big decisions in life. And I think that's one thing personally travel has done for me, right? Like when you book a ticket and you know you're going somewhere, well, okay, now I have two months to pack up my stuff to do all this. And that's why I always encourage people just book the ticket and then everything else will get figured out because you'll know I have this much time to figure it out and you just have to figure it out. Otherwise, you're not getting on that plane, right? (laughs) And I think in that way, you know, maybe that's another advantage to what you're doing for for people that need help is you're you're getting getting them some time constraints to actually deal with these decisions yeah absolutely you know i've 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 had to sort of adjust what i normally do because with with time restraints in therapy you want to do the best you can with the time you've got you know i'm probably not going to see you again so do you want some advice would you like some advice now i don't normally say that to someone but because of the time i thought well i've got to try and give this person what I can I'm obviously not going to tell them what I think they should do because that's not what I'm there for you know I I had to adjust what I normally do I'm probably breaking a few rules some of my some of my college lecturers might be wagging a finger at me you know because also I was having a session with him at that table I found outside my van with people walking by so I'm not sure how many therapists would 
think that's a good idea. Right. Well, hey, you're you're all about breaking the rules, right? I mean, that's what what rules anyway? Rules are rules are meant to be broken, they say, right? That that's true. Um, they should, they should be bending. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if anybody listening wants to find you or perhaps chat with you, or I mean, I, I know they can find you on the street in Berlin right now, but do you want to share? I don't know if you have a, a website or an email or if you want to invite people to connect with you and you don't have to, no worries. But I mean, feel free if, if you have a place. I was talking to that group of young people yesterday about this. They were, they were kind of saying, so where, where do you see this possibly going? And they I'm not particularly tech savvy with all social media and everything. I have a Facebook account, but I need to I need to consider this a little bit before I decide because I think I need to create a space that is solely for this. Rather than my personal Facebook account. I think I need to create a new one and then take it from there because I I, I obviously need to open this up to communication and, you know, interaction with other people. But I think I need to perhaps take a bit of advice and do it the right way if possible because I, if I offered my Facebook page or some or email whatever now I'm not yeah I, I don't know if it would work or if there's other things I need to know before I do that do you see what I mean absolutely yeah. well listen we'll, what we'll do is we'll I have show notes that accompany all of these podcasts and we can include links and information to anything so if this publishes before you have that sorted then we can always go back and just add in a link or email address or whatever you want us to add in to so people can get in touch with you. So no worries there. Two last quick things. I know I said that before, but I'm loving this conversation with you. So I don't want it to end. Uh, book recommendations. What are some books? Like Maybe share three books that have changed your life. Oh, oh wow. Well, do you know what? I guess this might be a slightly controversial choice, but my first one is Jordan B. Peterson, The 12 Rules of Life. I just saw that in the bookstore yesterday for the first time or two days ago. I think he's greatly misunderstood, partly because of the media representation of him. But he, Jordan B. Peterson, he's a Canadian clinical psychologist. He was in clinical practices alongside his lecturing duties at um, Toronto University. He's a professor there. Um, He's written a really good book called The Twelve Rules of Life. For anyone who might be listening to this that um, has a, um, a view of Jordan B. Peterson which, which might not be favourable I'm sure lots of people love him because I do he's a, he's a really nice person as well just greatly misunderstood I would I just encourage people to have a look at that book have a read uh, Eckhart Tolle he's, all, he's always The Power of Now that's a great book I'm sure lots of people have heard of Eckhart um, he very much goes into you know, changes in consciousness, levels of consciousness, and how that can transform your life. So that's a really good book. The Power of Now, number three, the VW Transporter Manual for Repairs. <laughs> that's a fantastic book. Right? Oh, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's one of the books I've read the most <laughs> on my travels. <laughs> Required reading. Required reading. You're, you're, in a West, in you're in a Westphalia, right? Is that well? It's a VW. Yeah, it's, do, you, do you call it a Vanagon? Vanagon or a, yeah, we had that in the state because I guess you have different models here, different yeah. names sometimes so in it's Europe. A, a T3 or T25. Okay. Mine, mine, actually isn't a Westphalia Danbury conversion, but it basically looks very similar. So yeah, it's a 29 year old. So yeah, the Haynes manual, which is a, the, the <laughs> workshop manual, workshop manual for that. I love you're going it. To travel, or the, the equivalent one for whichever van you're going to travel in, get the workshop manual before you go. 
and a good set of tools. Many dog-eared pages, unfortunately, oh, I'm sure, definitely. right? Uh, <laughs> um, you're traveling without a smartphone, right? And a pretty old computer, uh, uh, from what I understand. Yes. Do you want to just sell us on the merits of smartphoneless travel? Yeah, I'm deliberately smartphoneless. It's amazing technology. And this is my therapist head on now. I think the thing I'm trying to avoid is the distraction they cause in so many ways. I mean, they're fantastic pieces of kit, but you know, it's that, that sort of classic, I, I go to a cafe or a restaurant and I see a family of four sitting at a table and they're all using their smartphones. It's and depressing, each other. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's so depressing. But also, as my experience as a teacher, I, I can see what's happening with young people. So I guess, you know, I'm looking at that sort of darker side of it. Um, but also I'm a bit of a minimalist and I've got a, I've got a very old Samsung flip phone, which makes me feel still like I'm in Star Trek. So, <laughs> you know, I flip that phone up and I talk to it. Um, but yeah, and so what I do, I try and be disciplined with my laptop. I, I give myself an hour or maybe two a day um, to do the stuff I need to do and have a, you know, have a look at YouTube and follow the other guys that are living this lifestyle. If I, if I had a smartphone, I'd probably, I'd probably become very attached to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's certainly a battle. I know I have battles with it personally, and I know a lot of other people that do. And I think there's going to be a backlash against it. I think the flip phone is going to be making a big comeback soon. So you're already, again, you're ahead of the trends. You're, I think you're ahead of the trends in the, in, in therapy with this, uh, mobile van office. <laughs> I think it's a, no, I, I really think it's such a creative and innovative approach to, to your profession. And also, I just love when people find a way to combine travel, which is something that they're passionate about with another passion, and then marrying those two together and finding a purpose that not only serves them, but also serves other. It's just others. It's really just such a beautiful thing. And I think what you're doing is a beautiful thing. And you're a beautiful man, Joe. I'm really glad we got to have this chat. And I appreciate your that's very, very kind words. <laughs> and I hope you make it up to Norway, man. We gotta get we gotta get together in person at some point. This has gotta happen. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll stay in I'd touch here and um yeah, just keep me posted and, and thanks so much again for your time and, and sharing your thoughts and, and what you're doing and um we'll uh, we'll be chatting soon, I'm sure. You're very welcome. Thanks for running. Um, taking the time to talk to me. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care, Joe. Cheers. There you have it. I want to thank you for listening in on my chat with Joe. What a pleasure speaking with him. I really hope I get to sit in his van one day with him and continue our chat. Thank you so much for listening. We got some exciting stuff here coming up. First of all, I'll announce really quickly if you're based in Denver, around the Denver area at the end of this month, at the time of this recording, uh, at the end of September on the last Friday of September, I'm going to be doing a meetup, an open meetup. So I'd love to meet you in person. And if you're on the zerototravel.com email list, I will be sending out an email about that so you can hear it. It's going to take place in Denver at the end of this month. I'm coming over from Norway just to hang out with members of our Location Indie community. We're doing a gathering there, community gathering. And if you haven't heard about Location Indie, if you go to locationindie.com, that's the community I co-founded to help people who are location independent connect with each other, build their businesses so they can work from anywhere in the world and just have that freedom to travel. So 
if you're interested in that and you're not on that newsletter list, it's free. You can join. You're going to get the Side Hustle Success Guide, which helps you build your location-independent business on the side and how to do that and how to manage your time and a whole bunch of other freebies. And you'll be on our newsletter. You have a chance to join our community if you think it's a fit and come to in-person gatherings that we do like this one we're doing in Denver. And either way, we're also doing an open meetup uh, at the end of this month during that weekend where we're inviting uh, podcast listeners and anybody who's on any of the email lists, Zero to Travel or Location Indie and part of those communities to come out and meet up and hang out with each other. So that's what it's all about. It's all about connecting here. And if you're not on any of those uh, newsletter lists, hop on so you don't miss it. If you're in Denver, we'd love to see you. And I also want to share a story with you from somebody in the community. She was harboring these secret travel dreams and her life transformed almost instantly, it seems, once she decided to share them. And I will get into that in just a second. First, quickly want to thank Tortuga Backpacks and AeroPress Coffee. What a combination because these are two products I use religiously all the time. If you need a travel backpack for any length trip, and you don't want to check a bag, I recommend the Tortuga Outbreaker and the Day Pack. That's the combo I use. But if you want to take shorter trips, I just got the Tortuga Set Out Divide if you're just doing weekend trips. And this thing's awesome. I'm loving it so far, holding it right here in my hands. Either way, you should check out what they have and what I recommend from them. If you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga and you enter the promo code TRAVEL when you check out just the word TRAVEL, you'll get 10% off any of their backpacks. So no need to spend a bunch of time looking around for the perfect backpacks. I love these packs. I recommend them because I use them myself and they work great and they've never let me down. I've never had weird broken zippers or any situations where I was out on the road and (laughs) totally screwed because the backpack stopped working or broke in some way. And that's, you know, requirement number one, but more importantly, they're just cool and they're comfortable and they have all the bells and whistles that you want to have as traveler when it comes to organization and pockets, but not overkill, just the right amount. And it's designed by travelers for travelers. So again, go to that link, promo code travel when you check out get your 10% off any of the bags from Tortuga Backpacks. And AeroPress Coffee, my favorite coffee maker. You might be thinking, why is a coffee maker sponsor on the Zero to Travel podcast? Well, the reason is because it's pretty light and small and you can take it with you when you're traveling so you can have great coffee anywhere you go. This is the perfect thing to bring with you on a road trip or even if you're flying somewhere and you want to have incredible coffee and you want to have the ability to make incredible coffee in your room or your hostel or wherever, just bring your AeroPress coffee maker. There's nothing to plug in. It cleans in just a few seconds and it makes incredible coffee. And if you don't know what this thing looks like, you have to at least check it out. If you go to AeroPressInc.com, A-E-R-O-PressInc.com, you can make incredible coffee in just one to three minutes, cleans up in seconds and travels super easy If you love coffee, don't even think about it. It's a (laughs) no-brainer. Grab one. Let me know what you think. You can always send me a picture of yours. Let me know how you like it. We're on Twitter and all that stuff. So feel free to send me pictures anywhere or on email. And speaking of emails and getting sent things, I love to hear from listeners. This is a podcast that is a community. This is the Zero to Travel Caravan, your 
one of many thousands of beautiful souls listening to this show right now from around the world. I'm truly honored to host it, but this is your show, and I want to hear from you. So if you get in touch with me, share your story, let me know where you're at, let me know what topics you want me to cover. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email. You can reach out anytime. I read all the reviews, by the way. Thanks for all the nice reviews that people put out there. Those really make my day. So if you want to really make my day, leave me a nice review. That's always sweet. And uh, either way, I just thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community. And the stories I get inspire me so much and inspire me not only just in life, but to keep going with this show and keep making it for you. And you listen to the show, so you know I put my heart and soul into this. I really, truly want to help you travel the world on your terms. And when I hear stories like the one I'm about to share, I do tear up sometimes. (laughs) I do. I get emotional. These are such powerful things that are happening to individuals in this listening community. And you just never know when these podcasts hit people's ears or if a guest shares something that's part of their story uh, that resonates with people. You just never know. And I love getting the emails and hearing how the show has impacted people in some way. And I'll share one I got from Tanina in Scotland. She said, Hi, Jason. I've been listening to Enjoying Your Podcast for quite a while. I was harboring secret travel dreams and listening to the show allowed me to live vicariously through your guests. I never actually thought my dreams could become a reality and stayed in the travel, quote, closet so as not to be brought down to earth with a bang by the constraints of my reality. I was listening to a recent episode, Top 10 Places We're Dying to Go Back to and Why, and was engrossed with the conversation you and Anadorta shared. It made me realize that I wanted to be able to share my travel ambitions with my husband. That very night, I took him to dinner and confessed all. Instead of being cynical and dismissive, he too confessed that he had been harboring similar dreams. Much laughing and scheming later, we now have planned the basis of our adventure. Next year, we as a family are planning to travel for a month in Sicily. The year after, we plan to travel throughout Europe from March to September. We have three kids, a dog, a mortgage, and are at the peak of our careers. If we can plan to make room for travel, then anyone can. I'm getting chills as I read this. I'm honestly not exaggerating when I say that your show and your efforts have changed the direction of my life, helped me be closer to my husband, and allowed me to indulge in what once was only a dream. And then she invited us to crash in Scotland if we ever come through at her place. And um, wow. Uh, Yeah, it still gets me emotional to read this. And uh, I'm just so grateful that this show helped in some way. Tanina, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, and that um, that you you decided to uh, to share those dreams. You, you know, you never know what's going on in somebody else's head, and I wanted to share this with you today because maybe part of this resonates with you. Maybe there's something you've been holding in that you need to tell somebody, good or bad. You know, I don't know what what is good or bad. You know, if if it's a bad thing, you're afraid you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings, say for a breakup or something, but you don't tell them, you're probably hurting them worse by just keeping it inside. And this this was really a good reminder for me that, hey, we should be sharing what's inside of us with others. And especially if it seems to be something that's really weighing on us in some way. And it sounds like Tanina was really, had these sort of big dreams, but the willingness to share just opened up the whole thing. And now it has, it's out there and it has become something that's now a part of her life, their lives. 
And now her and her husband and her family are planning all these trips and totally changing their direction just, just from sharing, just from being honest. So it was a great reminder to just be honest with where we're at and the things we have inside of us and feel free to share those with our loved ones and our family and, and let's not worry so much about what's going on in their heads. Let's just be honest with our feelings and that's all we can do and see where it goes. So in this case, it went to a great place and hey, at least at the very least, you know, we can get those things we're harboring out and feel good, feel a little bit lighter just by getting that out there and and maybe it'll change your life. Who knows? So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, And again, if you haven't checked in with me, I'd like to know who you are and a little bit more about you. So uh, get in touch anytime. Thanks again for listening to this show. So appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. Smile. Take a chance today. Tell somebody something that you've been holding back. Why not? That'll be the challenge for the day. All right. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.